This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi everybody, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also the founder of Summit Life Ministries. And this is my mom, Carmen. As we always say and start every show, our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, Dad, yesterday we kind of just did a review of the reality of new creation. We were going to get into Hell's Best Kept Secret, but we just kind of did a review, which is okay. It was rapid fire. (laughs) I mean, I was on a roll scripturally. Uh, quoting a lot of verses, but it was just a recap. Yeah. Uh, I I celebrate my yeah. Savior. Yeah. He is the all-conquering King, and He has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Yeah. He is our deliverer. Yes, He is. So, well, instead of delaying it even more, <laughs> let's go ahead and just get into, a, like you said, hell's best-kept secret. We don't usually try to talk about hell very much, but... Let's uh, let's see what you have to say. Yeah, and when I use the term uh, hell, I'm actually uh, using it as a turn of phrase and referring to the forces of darkness, mm-hmm. sure. principalities and powers, obviously uh, Satan being the king of that kingdom. Yeah. And so in these episodes, I, I really want to drill down on how Jesus executed judgment upon the power of Satan. Sure. Uh, We have referred to two passages out of John where it said, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is going to aid us in seeing that he has judged the prince of uh, this world, Mm -hmm. the ruler of the old age. He also said, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the prince of this age be dethroned and he will be cast out. Yeah. So how did Jesus execute that judgment? that judgment how did he destroy the foundations of satan's empire and satan's kingdom Uh, when we many times talk about why jesus came into the world we first and foremost say that he came to save sinners and yes he Mm -hmm. did and i'm not going to minimize that for a moment because i was one of the sinners that he saved and i'm so thankful that he came that he came to give us life and that right. life in overflowing abundance and fullness. Yeah. But John said that there was another primary reason, which means that to save me, Jesus had to execute a judgment. Right. To deliver me, he had to execute a judgment. So in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, and the second half of it, it says... The ultimate reason, the primary reason the Son of God appeared or was manifested was to destroy the works of the devil. So to save me, he first and foremost had to destroy the workmanship of the devil. Now, I want to define what this word works means in the Greek. Uh, The word is ergon in the Greek. Uh, And it implies an energetic enterprise and undertaking that has been elaborately constructed. uh, constructed. It means that there is a spiritual architecture 
a elaborate design yeah. that the devil thought long and hard on this and and he came up with a plan in which he devised a plan that he thought could thwart the purpose of God sure. now I'm going to uh, share some things that are my opinion, but I believe that it's a biblically informed opinion and that sometimes for us to see the wisdom of God and the truth of God in the scriptures, you you have to really dig down into the scriptures. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at things from Genesis to Revelation yeah. and you begin to see this redemptive cord, the scarlet cord of redemption throughout all the scripture, and that in one book, you'll see another piece of the puzzle, and and then in another chapter, then there's another piece, and you begin to, as a student of scripture, we come into a deeper understanding of the truth of God. So, as a student of scripture, I've asked myself, why was Satan so target fixated on the creation of man. Yeah. Why was it that he zeroed in on Adam and Eve uh, to try to undermine God's purpose, uh, God's plan? Uh, why did he center his strategy mm-hmm. upon them? So superficial level, you may wanna just say, it's because he's an adversary of God, he wants to hurt God's heart, so mm-hmm. anything God's, God creates, he wants to do damage to. Yeah. But I want us to think a little deeper. I want us to go a little deeper. I believe that when God created Adam and Eve, Satan could see that there was something special that made Adam and Eve's creation different than any other mm-hmm. part of creation. Yeah. Because we know in Genesis, the Bible tells us that even though man was a, 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 a creation that was created in a the natural di- dimension of creation, and I say that God didn't create two creations. There's not a spiritual, supernatural, unseen realm and then the natural creation. So one's a, a unseen creation, and then there's a seen creation. No, it's one creation hmm. with two dimensions. Sure. So there's the those things that he created that are invisible, that are unseen, and we know that that was the dimension that angels exist in. Yeah. They're a part of an unseen realm. Uh, what we call the realm of the spirit or the unseen realm, a spiritual dimension. But then God created that which is visible from that which is unseen. And then we call this the natural realm. Mm -hmm. And so obviously the spiritual realm is superior. That which is unseen is superior to that which is seen. But In this seen realm, in the natural, God created the earth and everything in it. But then it said God planted a garden in the midst of this creation. And then in that garden, 
he formed man from the dust of the earth, but he breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. But it said this, when he created Adam and Eve, he created this natural creation, that which was formed from the dust. It said that he created him in his image and in his likeness, he created them. So in some ways we would go, well, man is very much natural, just like any other animal life. But this is different and unique because this man and this woman, they are bearers of the image of God. Then God speaks to Adam and Eve, and he says, I want you to multiply, and I want you to go have dominion, not just over the garden. I want you to tend this garden, but I want you to go throughout the whole earth, and I want you to express the dominion of the kingdom, and I want you to express it through the whole, whole earth. So the image bearer, what makes him an image bearer, is that number one in his in his spiritual image, in his ability to express and represent God's character and nature, Adam and Eve could reflect that. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that Adam and Eve looked like God physically. No, they they uniquely in their moral makeup, they looked like God and that God's glory could be seen in and upon and through them. And then because they were like God in as image bearers reflecting that glory, that was going to lead them to be capable of doing what God does, to express his rule as king over the universe. And so in that moment where he said, I want you to have dominion, I want you to have authority to go express this dominion. God was actually crowning Adam and Eve as regents that would represent him and his heart, his vision, his will, his desires for that part of creation. And so Satan, I believe, wanted to do damage to the heart of God, to thwart God's plan of this being expression of his kingdom. But we do know, also know, that Satan was a being that was under a sentence of judgment by God because sin had been found in him. He had fallen as an angelic being and his nature had now changed. He was a, a, an archangel, many people believe, and that he was an anointed cherub Uh, that was in the presence of God, but sin was found in him. And he said, I want to be like the Most High. He actually tried to lead an overthrow and a revolt against God and and his kingdom order. So we see that Satan was trying to establish unilaterally something that was apart from God's rule and reign. He would no longer be subject to God. But because of his rebellion, there was a sentence of judgment against him. We know that in the the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, when Jesus 
was talking about the judgment at the of the nations at the 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 final judgment. He said there would be sheep nations and there would be goat nations. And those that that follow in rebellion in a nature that is like Satan's, he said they will be cast into hell. But this is what Jesus said about hell. He said hell was prepared not for people and not for nations. Right. But it says hell was specifically prepared, created by God for the devil and his angels, the angels that followed him into the rebellion. And so hell enlarged itself, the Bible says, so that the nations that forget God can be cast in there and then all the people that represent those nations. And so I believe, and and again, this is an an opinion, but I believe it's a biblically informed opinion. Satan did not just want to hurt the heart of God, but Satan saw an opportunity to conjoin his fate and destiny with man, to put God in a perplexing situation. Because obviously when God created Adam and Eve, he created them by design, in love. Mm -hmm. He loved them. He had a special plan and a purpose for them. They were going to co-reign and co-rule with him over that dimension of his creation, over the earth. But I believe that he saw God's intent for Adam and Eve, and I believe that Satan wanted to either forestall or even intervene in what God had planned as far as executing a judgment against Satan by Satan trying to intermingle and conjoin his destiny with mankind. And this was the situation that I believe Satan wanted to put God in. This this was the difficult place that, that Satan in his cunning and his craftiness thought that he could checkmate God Mm -hmm. in being able to execute his sentence of judgment over him to consign him to hell. Because God's just. Yes, because God is just, and and the soul that sins, it's going to experience spiritual death. So this, I believe, was the the plan, the strategery, as George W. Bush (laughs) used to to say, this, this was the strategy of Satan, he thought that if I can join my destiny with mankind, if I can get man seduced, deceive man into rebelling uh, uh, against God the way I have, for God to judge me, he will have to judge and destroy the ones that he loves. If I can get deceived man again into rebelling against God voluntarily, willfully disobeying, and that man will ally himself with me in my rebellion, then to judge me and to send me to hell, he will also have to assign mankind this crown of creation, this unique creation, this 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 man that God is mindful of in his plan and purpose for him 
and the one that God has said, you will be my image bearer and you will be my regents. Satan made this divine gamble, the spiritual gamble, and saying that I think that I can come out from and under the sentence of God and somehow God will have to show me mercy Mm -hmm. if he shows mercy to Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. and all of Adam's family. To show mercy to Adam and Eve and their family will mean mercy to me. And if not, then those that God has loved will also have to be judged just like me. And so you do see that. You see that once Adam and Eve fell into sin, there was this conjoining, this intermingling of future destinies together, where our destiny became the destiny of, uh, became Satan's destiny, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. We both shared the same fate equally. So, does God, is he placed in a, in a in a situation where his plan and purpose for mankind has been checkmated and that Satan has maneuvered God into a position of weakness to where his plan and his purpose for his creation and specifically for mankind has now forever been altered and that God has or Satan has maneuvered God into a a legal position that is unwinnable, untenable, to where Satan can now boast gloriously that I have won. I have won this battle, this eternal battle against Satan. And so now there will be two orders, kingdom orders, the the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And we will forever coexist And I will have those that will be under my power and under my rule. And you will have those that are under, that are loyal to you. But it is going to be a co-equal kingdom, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And they will forever stare at each other. But there is like a detente that none of them can win over the others. Or does God have another play that he is going to make? that will undermine this this architecture of darkness and deception and that he is going to now begin to expose the works of darkness and then destroy them so that mankind's destiny can be forever separated from this dark Lord, this dark spirit of Satan. We'll talk about it in the next episode. (laughs) But I want to remind everybody for this purpose, The Son of God was manifested. He appeared to destroy the workmanship of the devil. So good. Well, guys, thank you for being with us today. Guys, if you have any comments or questions about today's episode, make sure you put them in the comment section below. If you want to just know more about Summit Life Ministries, make sure you visit us at summitlifeministries.com. If you want to just get all things Summit Life, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, but also subscribe to us on YouTube. Guys, we love be- we love that you are with us each and every day. Guys, we thank you and God bless. Bless you.
What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.